welcome to the Guilty Pleasure Personals podcast, episode one. I am your host, comedian and actor, Brandon Lacaruba. And in this series, I look forward to talking with my guests about their, surprise, surprise, guilty pleasures. A guilty pleasure as I see it is an activity object or piece of media that you continue to engage with despite understood negative connotation. But that being said, I assume most of you know what a guilty pleasure is. And I love the idea of a show where a guest can come on and speak candidly about a topic they love but might not want to discuss in front of friends, family, or colleagues for whatever reason. And those reasons are what I want to dig into the most. Why do we feel bad about some of the things we love? Is this guilt warranted, manufactured? Does it make sense at all to love something and feel bad about it? And an example I'd like to go into really quick are avocados. Everybody loves avocado. Everybody's willing to pay that extra money for that guac. But from what I understand, they suck up a lot of water that other crops could use. Like they're very water intensive. Some illegal organizations are taking over avocado farms just to make that sweet, sweet guac money. So yeah, if you're living in America and you're eating an avocado like three times a day, maybe uh, maybe back off on that. Maybe you should feel a little bit bad about it. Very, very surface level example. But essentially, if you love avocados, they should be a little bit of a guilty pleasure for a real reason. They like a non-manufactured by culture reason. Like those are real things from what I understand. I'm not an avocado expert, but those are real things to feel bad about avocados for. So today, to lay down some serious groundwork, I'm my own guest, and I'll be telling you why I love and collect Transformers action figures, and why I kept this hobby a closely guarded secret for many years, and where I am today with this guilty pleasure of mine. I suppose to be fair, my guilty pleasure really broadly speaking is nostalgia, and more specifically, Transformers. And Dragon Ball, I guess, but that's a whole nother episode. Now, I guess to set something of a precedent, I'm not going to bore you with the entire history of the Transformers brand, but I feel I got to give you some context uh, to work with. So in 1984, American company Hasbro launched the Transformers toy line by importing already existing transforming robot toy designs from Japan. I slapped some new paint and stickers on them, called them the Good Guy Autobots and Bad Guy Decepticons, and released an animated series to advertise the toys. And today there are dozens of versions of the story and characters, as the franchise has been rebooted more than most others I can think of, uh, yielding pretty much like dozens of continuities and you know versions of the story and, and versions of classic characters. And that's the thing, they'll reboot it, but the leader of the good guys is still going to be called Optimus Prime because that's a very marketable name, but he might be a totally different Optimus Prime than the one that someone grew up with in the 80s. My time with Transformers started in the summer of 2002. I was at Fat Camp and some fellow fat kids brought their, they were called Transformers GoBots. That's after the brands did a little bit of a merger. And these Transformers GoBots were very like uh, preschool age Transformers. And I was eight at the time, so I was about double the demographic, which Actually, wow, that's a trend that will continue on for the rest of my life. But yeah, I was double the age demographic, being eight years old. And look, they were cool. They they just were for babies. These ones, specifically. Now, that stuff is not going to go on for the rest of my life as a theme. But these ones were certainly for babies. They were made for preschool kids. But I did think it was kind of cool that they could actually do the transforming thing. They, they were an action figure 
a puzzle and then whatever they uh, whatever they turned into a car a plane a gorilla it was really when i got home from fat camp and discovered the tv show transformers armada and that's really when i i kind of like armada was my shit guys like that's when i really fell in, in love with transformers for the first time being the early 2000s they kind of jumped on that pokemon bandwagon where you know they had a bunch of little robots to collect and they would power up the big robots so it was like a collect all the little guys uh kind of deal very very pokemon-ish and that you know christmas of 2002 was just me getting the whole cast of of season one of transformers armada another trend that will kind of continue through my collecting and me enjoying this hobby are Look, I recently handled these preschool toys, and then I'm watching this TV show, Transformers Armada, being like, oh, they can't actually make these Transformers transform in real life. You know, the engineering thing in my head was going off where I'm like, oh, they can't do that. So I'll probably get like, you know, one is an action figure, one is a car. It was a stupid thing. The brand is called Transformers. But as a kid, I really thought that they weren't able to do it. And then I got them for Christmas, and I was just like, no freaking way can this actually can they actually transform and I, I get it you know it's silly but that's really where my love started was like the surprise that they could do the thing that they you know that they're named after but i was a weird eight-year-old what are you gonna do uh, and then a few years passed and i grew out of transformers like a friggin normie no thanks to the follow-up tv show transformers energon uh, it was just a garbage could argue hey transformers armada not the best show made for kids yeah but it, it has its own kind of charm you know has its uh saturday morning cartoon kind of funness but something about energon was just absolute trash so i i got out of it i grew out of it like a normal uh, freaking person you jump to 2007 i feel the brand start to kind of pull me back in a little bit that's when michael bay's first transformers movie comes out uh, and i love the movie it was great but i kind of went through the same thing with transformers armada where i'm watching this and i'm like there's no way they could make these designs into toys like look at the google go and google or your uh, search brand of choice and uh seriously look up the movie designs especially if you don't have them fresh in your head how would you make that into a toy it's crazy and i, I saw these the action figures that came out for the first movie i remember being like just barely amazed you know where i, I wasn't totally taken over with amazement but i was like wow that's neat. Not enough to, uh, as a kid in middle school at the time, uh, not enough to start buying toys again. Just trying to make friends and, and meet girls and, and at least be a little cool. Very normal stuff. But then the second movie came out and it did the same thing to me again, except the figures were like five times better than the ones from the first movie. And that was the time when I was like, I need to own a few of these. Part of my love for Transformers, like I said earlier, is the engineering. It's the how they get these things to work. It's the puzzle factor. It's the something you can flip back and forth while you're thinking about something else. And just to set the example, again, go to your browser of choice, open three tabs, and I'm going to give you some really quick instructions. Just, again, to bring you onto my level. I get you're not all Transformer people, but I'm going to show you why I am one. Uh, in that first tab, type in transformers one optimus prime cgi so you see what he looks like in the movie then in your second tab you want to type in transformers one leader class optimus it's just like leader class is just the size it's the uh price point if you will it's big big toy and then third type in transformers 
ROTF leader class Optimus. And just look at the difference compared to the CGI. And that's what that's what made it tick for me. That's what really did it in my head. As I look at this thing, I look at the movie and I'm like, they actually captured the essence of this version of the character. And then you look at this truck and it looks like, you know, not, not like a cartoony truck like I grew up with. It looks like a real and is a licensed model of a Peterbilt. And it's, uh, I love that. I was never one of those kids growing up that like just loved trucks. And I love trains, another episode. But I was never one of those kids that just was like, look at this truck. But that was like the first time in my life that I was like, oh my God, look at this truck. And at the time, I'm like a freshman or a sophomore in high school. And I'm like, oh no, why, <laughs> why do I love, where, where did this come from that I'm, I'm trying to get these again? And I, I guess that was maybe one of the first times I thought of it as a guilty pleasure. Like I knew I was trying to mature and, and make friends and, and meet girls. But I was like, I, despite that, and despite that, I knew that this might compromise that, picked up a few of these movie figures from the second movie. And, you know, now I'm in high school and the seal has been broken. It's like, it's like peeing at a party and you're drinking. It's just, you know, why did I do that? Why did I start? <laughs> oh, then I discover eBay and I pick up some figures that were missing from my childhood collection. And then I pick up my first, uh, what are known as masterpiece figures. That is a line that is not just a description of, of quality per se. It's just what they're called. Transformers masterpiece, you know, one, two, three. And they're all the very adult-oriented collectibles that if they fall off a shelf, you'll be out of hundreds of dollars sort of thing. And this is all high school. This is all me just realizing this is just the hobby I love. I love getting these things. I love figuring out how they work and putting them on a shelf, making them look cool. I think around now is the, is the really the, the second time, like after I've, I've broken the seal and started picking up more action figures, uh, I started to feel bad about it again. Now I'm like 17, maybe a you know, junior in high school. And uh, my dad gave me a huge dose of reality. I could talk to my dad about anything. And I tried talking to him about my collecting in my collection. And I really don't remember the specifics, but he kind of got a little flustered and hit me with one of those like, when are you going to grow up? And why do you spend so much time thinking about this crap? At the time, made me feel really bad. I'm, I'm trying to figure out who I want to be. And then about college and the rest of my life and at the time it it really sucked i'm not gonna undervalue that but today in hindsight i'm really glad that we had this conversation because collector culture encompasses a spectrum of crazy and i'm just saying there's a chance i could have wound up at the hoarder end of collecting where i live in a studio apartment by myself at 45 because all i do is spend my entire paycheck on toys and, you know, I don't have a mattress and I just sleep in a urine stain and have like some really nice action figures around this this tiny room I live in. And I think that's that's uh, I think a lot of toy collectors, that's their worst nightmare, becoming the stereotype. When in reality, I have a nice glass display case in my apartment. And I guess I'm kind of skipping to the end of uh, the episode here, but it's something that I'm I'm happy with. I'm comfortable with. I like talking to people about and maybe this talk with my dad is what led me to the next chapter where I'm, uh, you know, I'm keeping it a secret. I'm afraid to tell people about it because I don't know how they're going to react. But, you know, you fast forward to today and a lot of that was was BS. You know, a lot of people have hobbies. A lot of people have weirder hobbies. You know, I just like uh, these robot aliens that like to fight each other for millions of years. And 
So the, this thing with my dad was a mixed bag. I think it, uh, it kind of got off base here, but I think what it did was, in the end, it was good, but in the short term, it made me feel bad and made me not want to talk to my dad, who's, who's a really good guy. At this point, I'm in college. Transformers are a secret. My roommate, shout out to Tim, really, really cool guy, didn't give me a lot of shit about it. But I kept it a secret because I, I didn't want people giving me shit for for this collection. So like even a few years later, my then best friend, one of the few people that I let know, thought it would be funny to start berating me out of the blue for owning and playing with dolls uh, while we were hanging out. And really, really laid into me. Like it was one of those things where he kind of kept this, uh, you know, this air quotes joke going. Even though uh, his like very close friend at the time is becoming like visually uncomfortable and weird, and and I had a weird reaction to it. I'm actually embarrassed about how poorly I reacted to to this kind of jest, and I kind of I kind of crumbled. That was what helped me decide to essentially kind of shit or get off the pot with regards to collecting. Like I'm not going to keep it a secret about myself. It's something I love. It's something I spend money on. It's something I spend time on. And it's something I, I thoroughly enjoy. After realizing that even if I keep it a secret, there's going to be haters out there. Whether or not he was really hating or not is, uh, is another, another discussion. If I'm, if I'm going to love something, I'm going to love it out in the open. I'm not going to be uh, stupid about it and start every conversation with, Hi, I'm Brandon the Transformers guy. How are you? But if, if I decide that a friend or a, or an acquaintance is, is worth the time to be genuine with, and it, it, it makes sense to mention them, I mention them. It's a normal thing to me. And who and wow, you know, who would have guessed? Now when people give me shit for them, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me in the slightest. But I think that word doll is a, is a big one to talk about when you're a, a male, closer, I guess, to a stereotypical male, collecting toys that are in the shape of, of humans. Like, that's... At some point, that has to be every toy collector's worst fear to have their stuff referred to as dolls. It's such a silly thing to be worried or upset about. In fact, at this point in my life, I refer to them as dolls jokingly. But I don't know, I guess, you know, it comes with this connotation of, of being girly. But even if it was, like if you're a guy that literally that collects actual dolls, like more power to you. Again, you're doing the thing that you love. I get, I get there being negative connotation. And let's dig into that. Is it that we're enjoying something that we did as a child and therefore it is seen as childish inherently maybe i think there's a lot of there's a lot of i don't know salt there is it because you're an adult spending money on toys that you could otherwise be spending on on real things like groceries and and rent and uh, i guess investing i, I think I think that's where i'm at now i think if it was a guilty pleasure in the past because i'm like oh i'm a i'm a big boy collecting toys like that once again that's kind of been shredded by the whole i love this like i don't care what you think about it but you know, as an adult trying to live a uh, somewhat balanced life and not let anything kind of one thing take over except maybe comedy but you know that's a career thing these transformers are not a career thing for me it's really finding that balance of like i don't want to hide it i don't want to constantly be like oh i wish i had more but at the same time, you don't want to let yourself go crazy. You don't want to be a hoarder. You want to be someone that, I have a collection, I curate, and, uh, you know, I, I trade them. 
yeah, I, I expect the show to go off the rails like this in the future. This is this is totally normal. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'd say really the reason why it's a guilty pleasure for me today is ninety five percent budget for for my birthday. I you know quarantine birthday this year, as many people were, uh, kind of didn't get the experience just in terms of uh, going out or, or hanging out with my friends that I wanted to and. I'll just say it out loud. I got a vacuum for my birthday, so I was like, "I'll I'll throw fifty dollars at a uh, at a figure at a high end adult collectible." I suppose this brings me to the last reason of why Transformers to me are guilty pleasures, because that fifty dollars I spent on this action figure, they don't, it didn't go to the brand, it didn't go to Transformers or the artist that designed the character, and this is getting into the super niche part of collecting, but this is what we call third party companies. So. Hasbro owns the rights to the character names, but not necessarily their designs, or at least not to the extent where they will like press charges. So other companies that are willing to make more expensive action figures, not for mass retail that you'll find in Walmart, these third-party companies come in and make these designs, and then they charge appropriately for them. It's a smaller, smaller operations, higher quality. So these things get a little pricey, like this little $50 one I'm telling you about now is this little tiny star screen, maybe four inches tall. I'm really bad with judging distance without a ruler in front of me, but it's really tiny, really intricate and complex and a better representation of the character than the official masterpiece one. And the masterpiece one is like maybe a foot tall, maybe like 10 inches, like way, way bigger and not as good. So why why is this a guilty pleasure aspect? Well, because as much as I don't care about feeding the the machine that is Hasbro per se, I do care about the artists. And the reason I bring this up is, uh, and I buried this lead way earlier in the show, is that yes, all Transformers media are made to sell toys except, except the IDW comics. IDW started publishing Transformers comics in 2005 when the previous company, I don't remember if they sold the rights or they crashed and burned, but either way, IDW gets the rights in 2005 and they start making what I like to think of as uh, Transformers for adults. They make it, they make the sci-fi lore way, way richer. They make it a believable alien society and race that these things are and why they would go to war for millions of years and why these things work and why other things don't. And, you know, they incorporate some of the silliness of the 80s cartoon and they explain it in ways that make sci-fi sense, I guess is the best way to say it. And the reason I tell you about these comics are they're really the only media that I ingest as a Transformer collector today. Every now and then I'll catch a TV show or something, but I can't, I can't sit there and watch it. Like, they're so obviously designed for kids that it's really hard to sit through some of these shows more than once, even if you really like them as an adult collector. But these comics, guys, go online and read them. I definitely say buy them, but you could you could find them anywhere. But but please buy them. Please support these artists and these storytellers because the the original IDW Transformers universe is like some of the best sci-fi writing out there. And I'm I get it. I am biased, but it is so good. It's so worth checking out. And then they even they even cover like after this war that never ends because how would they sell toys if this war between Autobots and Decepticons ends? But this this comic goes into how would a society react if uh, their race was at war for a civil war for millions of years and then one day stopped, and one day they had to like try to all 
be friends after just uh, I guess not bloodshed, maybe energon shed. But it's it's again, I'm just I'm just getting into it. It's super interesting, but because it was never designed to sell toys, they didn't really sell a lot of toys of these comic book designs. And some of them are the best designs in Transformers in my opinion. So these third-party companies take it upon themselves to make these more niche collectors items that you're not going to find at mass retail. And as much as I love having some of these action figures in my collection, those artists don't see any of that purchase money. And as an artist myself, it's, I'm going to be candid, guys. It doesn't stop me from buying these action figures, but it makes me feel guilty because these people have uh, designed some of my favorite things and uh, they kind of don't get much for it. And yeah, I, I'm sure these guys have Patreons and I could sign up and, and pay my guilt away, but there's a pandemic, people. There's crazy shit. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. That is really what I should do. That, that would kind of make the guilt go away. We're kind of off notes now, but that's, that's where I am today, folks. I feel guilty about it when I spend too much money, which is a rare thing today. I rarely spend more than like a very small monthly budget on the hobby. But when I, when I do, I, I do think of the other things I could be spending on, the things I could be investing in. And I guess while I'm on the topic of investing, it makes this hobby easier to be less guilty about for me because a lot of these figures do retain their value and a lot of the time exceed their original retail value. So while I don't collect because these things are valuable and retain their valuable, I'm not just burning the money when I spend, when I, when I buy them. It is a little comforting to know that if I needed to, to bail out and I, I became desperate for cash, I could sell these relatively easy and make most of, if not more than my initial uh, money back. I don't know, I've just had some very interesting conversations with collectors who there's the philosophy that you should never care about their value once you buy them. It should just be for the enjoyment. But I don't know. I live in the real world where I, I, I just I think of these factors. And would I collect them if, if there was no monetary? I don't even want to say incentive because I've never bought a figure expecting it to go up in price. But again, it's nice to know that I can I can recoup the investment. So I suppose I'd feel more guilty about this pleasure if I was straight up just burning the cash when I bought them. But again, as an adult, it makes it easier to feel less bad about it. I don't know, guys, where to go from here? Well, you know what? We're going to wrap it up. Episode one, we're figuring this out. But I, I ask you, uh, dear listener that has made it this far, what's your guilty pleasure? What do you love but still engage with? Again, is this guilt, does the guilt come from you and your own reasons for feeling bad about stuff? Do you let others project their disliking of your hobby or the thing that you love? Are they projecting it onto you that you should feel bad about it? Do you just eat too many avocados every day and now you're really worrying about uh, you know, the sustainability of avocado farming? Let me know. I do have some plugs to get to. You can email the show at guiltypleasurepersonals at gmail.com. That is guiltypleasurepersonals at gmail.com. Just uh, either answer my questions or let me know if you loved or hated the episode, what you liked or what you didn't like about it. This is a, uh exercise in, in learning some software and just the best way to go about stuff. So I'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like to be a guest, let me know what your guilty pleasure is. Explain, answer the questions I had earlier. Where does the guilt come from? Where does the love of the thing come from? you got to be able to talk about this for half hour to one hour episodes. 
I think that's about it, folks. Thank you for listening. I hope this has been informative. I hope now you might stop beating up your local town's transformer collector. We're just people trying to live, trying to live our lives out there. And uh, I hope to see you guys for episode two soon. Peace. Mm -hmm.